podcast i am kyle joined by my brother keenan keenan nice to see you uh we had a nice little pre-podcast discussion we're gonna have to start recording these like maybe so maybe so put them on like patron and uh have them (laughs) as like uh behind a paywall for on some joe button shit we could do that yeah no absolutely we have sometimes almost better conversation before than we do like during not that we have bad conversation during but the conversation before is fun for sure very fun for sure, for sure. Uh, we will be reacting to the wild card round. Uh, if you caught us on live take, you saw us reacting to the Saturday and Sunday games, more so the Sunday games. Yep. Uh, yep. We unexpectedly got a third doubleheader on Monday with the Bills being moved, Bills Steelers being moved to Monday at 4.30. So we'll be reacting to those. In a nutshell, we'll be reacting to all three. We thought we'd have a guest. So this will be a little bit of a condensed show today. Thursday, we have something special for you, though. A little more debate. Absolutely. A little more, little more hostility on Thursday, I'm thinking. But, Keenan, where would you like to start? Is there a particular game? It could be Saturday or Sunday. It doesn't have to be the Monday game. What's really on your mind as it pertains to the NFL? Uh, before you answer, Keenan, want to point out, it's Tuesday now. So, we've had some head coach interviews. We've had... Yep rumors of the falcons yeah right that the interview there we've had uh harbaugh i just saw before we got on he just interviewed with the falcons as well uh mm-hmm. people are talking about he makes more sense there than me than to me than bill that feels like a rebuild like a little bit of a rebuild and a retool and i feel like harbaugh is going to be around a little longer but any any team with bills going to improve so not that not that bill's a bad hire well you know what let's start there uh this is easily the best head coaching free agent class I've ever seen. You've got Bill Belichick. You've got Jim Harbaugh. You've got Mike Frable. You've got technically Pete Carroll. And then let's say you got Mike McCarthy. Maybe he gets uh, Dan Quinn's can... also someone else who very, he's Quinn. been a very good defensive coordinator. We'll see how he is again as a head coach, but and then also s- done a very good job with the defense minus the Packers. Some people would say. Nick Sirianni. I think that's a little crazy, but it's being thrown out there more than it should. Part of that's because it's Philly. Part of that's because of the free agent class that Bill. they have. You know, <laughs> it's part of Bill. Partly Bill Belichick. He is the shadow that looms. It does sound like Belichick is kind of far in with the Falcons. Um, but again, they are barred. They interviewed Harbaugh. Um, I think if the Cowboys became available, he would at least interview for that job. I think it would be his if he wanted it kind of thing. Um, but to me, Keenan, again, we'll just start with coaching. I think that Cowboys job is the most interesting. More interesting than Philly, even though I think Philly has a world of talent. I just really don't think at the end of the day, push comes to shove. I don't think they push Sirianni out. Um, he's mm. super young. He's already been to a Super Bowl. And, you know, we heard it all year, and we'll talk about it. Once we get to the Eagles game, lost both coordinators. That's going to affect any team. Uh, more so than I was expecting, to be honest with you. But again, we'll discuss that more. But the Cowboys, even if they don't hire Bill Belichick, let's say for argument's sake, Bill Belichick goes to the Falcons, right? They hire him tomorrow. 
Bill Belichick to the Falcons. You still could fire Mike McCarthy and still upgrade at Jim Harbaugh, upgrade at Mike Vrabel, and have Mike Vrabel for years, potentially. He's a young coach. Um, so Dallas, out of all these teams, is the most interesting to me. Yet, it's 48 hours later after the loss, the embarrassing loss, and McCarthy's still there, which I was not expecting. I would assume we'll get some sort of word on it tomorrow or Thursday, certainly before the divisional round games. Uh, so what are you thinking with all this coaching carousal, the free agent class that we have? What do you think of it all? I <clears throat> I do agree that the Cowboys are the most interesting job, especially even with the Eagles, if that job came available. And it's because you just saw Jason Kelsey retire. Uh Congrats on a Hall of Fame career. That's first ballot unless you have six all-time great quarterbacks there. That's probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's been one of the best centers ever, of course. Uh, but they're old. Like they're Fletcher Cox is old. Brandon Grant. Like they have. Um, obviously, they have pieces on the uh, uh, off defensive line. Jalen Carter is young. They have uh, Son Reddick is younger ish, but Darius Slay's old too especially in corner years. Their defense is certainly older. Their their defense is older. Their offense does have some youth to it, but AJ Brown, how how happy is he right now? Obviously he was injured, but like there was I don't know, there was things kind of going on there. It's the same thing with Buffalo and Stefan Diggs sometimes. It feels like his relationships up and down. Some of that's diva receiver. Some of that could be some something in the front office, something in the locker room. We don't really know. We'll know more if reports ever come out on that. I know Diggs before the season, there was a little bit of a uh, – Sean McDermott kind of alluded to there not being 100% eye-to-eye with everything, but we'll see there. But the Cowboys, they have a younger defense. They have a lot of pieces still on that defense. Offensively, they still have CD. They still have Dak. I know people are asking, what do you do with Dak? You you have to sign him because what else are you going to do? Everybody exactly. below him, you can't, like, you're never going to, you're not going to get any picks. Like, you're not going to get a number one overall pick, and then you're basically taking this pretty much ready-made defense. I think there's a few things they could tweak, but pretty much ready-made Super Bowl defense, and you're putting a rookie quarterback with that. We don't know how that's going to go. So you're getting an either an unknown Everybody below him is below him. Everybody above him, you can't obtain. So, like, you kind of are in this position where, and it's kind of where the Dolphins are with Tua, but just not to the same extent because Dak is better than Tua. Tua, you have more of a, like, a maybe we take a chance on a rookie quarterback because we don't really think his peaks are all that high when there's actual, when there's actual adversity with him. But so I'd say the Cowboys first. The Falcons, I think, is interesting. If the Bears do end up coming off of Justin Fields, I think that would be a good spot for him. Justin Fields, Bijan, Kyle Pitts, Drake London's also good there. You have a good offensive line. You've got some defensive pieces. Jesse Bates, one of the best free safeties in the league. So that's another job that's kind of interesting too. And then if the Eagles do come across, I would say that's one of the most interesting there as well. But I think John, I think Jim Harbaugh in Atlanta would make a lot of sense. I think Jim Harbaugh in uh L.A. with the Chargers would make a lot of sense. I think Bill in Dallas would make a lot of sense there. Or Mike Vrabel. I think having a veteran leader like Mike Vrabel would work there, too. Do you think Harbaugh in Dallas makes sense? Harbaugh in Dallas 
does make sense. We've seen he's never gone to a team and made them worse. Like he went to Michigan. They were they were not great at Michigan for a long tenure, and then he gets there. They're eleven plus win team every <clears throat> season, playing playing in playoff games and then winning a national championship this season. When he was at Stanford, he did a great job. Obviously, we know what he did with the 49ers. He brought them to a Super Bowl. So Andy's a great and he's great with quarterbacks. So maybe he can enhance and unlock Dak a little bit more. Uh kind of get him into better spots, kind of like we saw Dayball with Josh Allen at times. Uh, we've seen, obviously, other coaches kind of unlock Matt LaFleur. We've seen him unlock Jordan Love, which is kudos to him, too. So I think Jim Harbaugh would work there as well. Yeah, I think he'd be great. I mean, Harbaugh has a career 71% winning percentage, so you can't go wrong with that. And he, once upon a time, you want to talk about unlocking QBs, got the most out of Alex Smith. when And Kaepernick. And Kaepernick. But Alex Smith especially, because before that, he was kind of looked at as a bust, like, just looked at as an also ran. And then all of a sudden he's making deep playoff runs with Jim Harbaugh. And, you know, the second half of his career was really respected. He had that run with Andy Reid as well, in large part to those years with Harbaugh. Um, So the more I think about it, the more I say that, he almost seems like a match made in heaven, specifically for Dak. Uh, Yes. He's more, I believe he's more of a offensive-minded head coach technically yeah he was a yes. former quarterback so technically would it's hard i mean because those san francisco defenses were were so great under him as well um mm. yeah patrick willis in the middle i mean goodness but good lord i mean <laughs> you know when it comes down to it belichick just seems perfect for the cowboys like absolutely perfect for the Dallas Cowboys. Pete Carroll even seems perfect for the Dallas Cowboys. I think any well, one of Pete these Ca- options. Will- I think Pete Carroll almost feels it's almost better than Bill for like just because his demeanor I think would fit <laughs> his personality. Ev- everything that his personality Run- fits running up and down, down the, so much. Running up and down the sidelines, I laugh every time. He would I, be so much fun every time I see Pete Carroll just sprinting after a ref, just like screaming. It just makes me laugh. Brings joy to my heart. I don't know what it is. Love me some Pete Carroll. But it's crazy how him and Bill are like the same age and he feels 20 years younger than <laughs> yeah, Bill. Yeah, Pete Carroll might as well be like 50 years old. Like, I, you'll understand yeah. this. You'll understand this. He's like, I say this all the time about our Aunt Priscilla. She's like 80 <laughs> going on like 40. And that's Pete Carroll. Absolutely. Pete Carroll is, what, 72, but going on 40, 45. So they're yeah. two of the same in that regard. But again, I don't think that Philly job would be open. I think they suit Belichick more than anybody just because their defense isn't great, but man, you get some young DBs in there who better to coach them than Bill Belichick. Uh, yeah. Where I thought Sirianni did go wrong with this team. I think this team's at their best when they're running the ball and they went away from that. They tried to be a vertical team, uh, you know, with Jalen hurts, who's a good passer, but he's not a great passer. So, you know, I think that's in Belichick's wheelhouse where he can control the clock this and that um yeah they didn't they last year and that's probably kudos to shane steichen like we need to i said before the season when we were talking about the eagles because you had them a little higher than i did i thought they'd be better much better than this i record wise i thought they'd be the same i just didn't think they'd go 10 and 1 lose 6 to 7 and be out of the playoffs in the first round for sure but i thought that there'd be a little bit of a adjustment with shane steichen not being there any longer and I, it was more of an adjustment than even I uh, thought of because 
when you have a back like DeAndre Swift, why aren't we running him at least 15 times a game? Like we saw in Detroit, he was he was busting a big run every single game in Detroit. Like what Jameer Gibbs is doing right now for Detroit, he's a little bit more explosive as of this moment. But DeAndre Swift was doing a lot of that. He just couldn't fully stay healthy, but he was healthy pretty much all season. And even for his, they just weren't run- even for his burst. And we'll segue. He's got some power. We'll say, exactly. Yeah, he's got. He's a postseason back. He's exactly what you want in the postseason. Yes. He's someone who can turn a three-yard run into a five- or six-yard run, which matters. Uh, he's someone that can wear down your defensive line as he's, you know, getting those tough yards. So, yeah, that's exactly someone you want in the postseason. And that's the strength yeah. of Jalen Hurts' game. Like, he he can throw. He's got better accuracy, certainly, than two or three seasons ago. But put him in the read option. Put him in design QB runs. Don't drop him back like he's Justin Herbert. Uh, yeah, no, AJ Brown too. Know. Like AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. Like Devonte Smith's a good route runner. He can get behind the defense for sure, but he's a good route runner. AJ Brown is a pretty solid route runner himself too. But also, he doesn't have to be great. I mean, because his he's just such a strong receiver, kind of like Dez, where you didn't have to throw the ball to Dez forty five yards down the field to get it to him. You could throw a nice eight yard back shoulder, and he's coming down with it because he's such a he has such strong hands. I felt they didn't like to use the middle of the field a lot. I know Dallas Goddard was out for multiple weeks, but that they just didn't seem to use the middle of the field. They love to go deep down the sidelines, and I just don't think you need to do that, especially because your roster's not the Miami Dolphins where you're made of speedsters. And even the Miami Dolphins, they use the middle of the field. Tyreek went through in the middle. Jalen Waddle would go in the middle. Let me. Uh... Uh, they used their backs. But like, yeah. Real quick, let me touch on the Falcons because it sounds like we're really getting on the Eagles. So we'll segue to the Eagles Bucks after this and we'll get into the division yeah. or the wild card matchups. Uh, real quick on the Falcons. Sure. When you say Belichick to the Falcons, it sounds weird because the Falcons are like a second tier team, probably. You know, they're not a blue blood as I described them last time. Like they're not mm-hmm. the Cowboys or the Eagles or the. But guess what? You wouldn't, Giants, you wouldn't have described the Pats as that either in 2000 when he took that job over and now they're exactly that um so and And the fact it'd be kind of weird too uh sorry to interrupt but it'd be kind of weird (laughs) to that that and tom brady went from the patriots to an nfc south team with one of the worst divisions and then turned them into a super bowl champion when they had a lot of pieces they were just missing they were missing a quarterback and they went out and got a lot of free agent pieces. Like they built, that they got, I was going to say they, they got free agents. They got Leonard Fournette. They got Antonio Brown during the season. They got Rob Gronkowski. They got a, they signed a few defensive pieces as well. Don't like they made their moves too, but like if another Patriot legend going to the NFC South, uh, inheriting a lot of talent, just needing to have organize it and then add a little bit more veteran play so it'd be kind of interesting to see yeah if he can follow the brady mold <laughs> and that's kind of funny coming from bill to me to me they're qb short and like you said that could be yeah. a field's destination or who knows who pops up on the free agent market uh but they're QB russell wilson could be russ uh but they're wouldn't be bad there too they're qb short and look at their division it's going to be new head coach for the panthers and the panthers aren't ready dennis yep. allen who's done better than what I probably give him credit for. I mean, it's Dennis Allen. He was terrible in his first job, I believe, with the Raiders and has done mm-hmm. average with the Saints. But uh, let's be real. That's a coaching mismatch. De- and Derek Carr is not yeah. – unless Derek Carr is a resurgence, 
he's been a middle of the pack quarterback at best. And they just so fired like, their OC today of 15 years. So, I mean, that's, yeah, you got uncertainty there. And then, uh, well, who's the other team? The Bucks, who now the do Bucks. look formidable. I will say that. Bulls, who, by the way, and we'll get to this again when we talk about this matchup, but Bulls has been underrated his whole career to me. I'm not saying he's an outstanding coach, but he's got the best Jets team post Rex Ryan era. He did well with them, and they fired him. Um, that's a conversation for another day, but I feel like Bulls has been overlooked. Like he's not the most raw raw guy as far as coaches go, but his teams always at least seem to be ready to play, at least seem to be competitive, even if they have less talent. And I mean, look, that defense is formidable. Um, but we could talk about them and look, we'll lead into it. You actually mentioned the receivers. I do want to touch on that. To me, whenever I see a receiver that's upset, I never put too much stock on it because yeah. 95% of your number one receivers if they're not getting 16 targets they're gonna be upset you know if yeah. they even if they had five catches for good yardage they still believe they can get 10 receptions for 250 yards you know so i don't really put too much stock on it when it comes to aj brown i will say that entire eagles team this last month month and a half has looked terribly unhappy and that would be your case for maybe kicking sirianni out um again i don't believe that'll happen i would be more shocked obviously than mccarthy mccarthy deserves to lose his job in my opinion just because it was an embarrassment that's an embarrassment and the eagles looked like a clown show this last six weeks don't get it twisted they looked like one of the worst teams in the league truly but you know that's sirianni's second season the, i believe maybe third yeah. season so uh, the third season i think he was there for jail i think he's been there all of jail and her that's right but that's um right. the the uh one thing i did want to mention real quick was the only way I could see McCarthy holding his job would one of the two ways would be like if the Packers went to the Super Bowl, because then you could be like, well, we lost to the suit. We lost to the Super Bowl representative. They beat the 49ers. They beat either Detroit or they beat the Bucks to get there. Like we were just one of many on the road, on the road for the Packers. Yeah, I mean, so three years, all with Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think actually his first year was Wentz mixed with Hurts. Uh, so, mm -hmm. I mean, this team's, speaking of Wentz and Hurts, I mean, that was a, they could have very well held on to Wentz and they made it uncomfortable there. I actually think more teams should do that. I wouldn't be, I don't think there's anything, this is off topic kind of, but kind of on topic too. I wouldn't be against the Bears keeping fields and drafting one of Caleb Williams or Drake May or whatever you want to do there. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If he's your guy, you'll find out, right? Like if Fields is really that guy, he'll outperform him. Um, I mean, that shit, that happens on college rosters all the time, not for nothing. But point being here to bring it back to the Eagles, uh, they, they're they used to that uncomfort. And look, if you want to say fuck Sirianni, again, I wouldn't agree with that. But if you want to say fuck Sirianni, we're going to go with Rabel or we're going to go with Belichick or we're going to go with Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll wouldn't happen, but you get my point here. Harbaugh, they got options. Um, I think Sirianni, shit, if he got fired, he would be without a job for a day. Or so you know what I mean? Like he's one of those. He's a true, uh, yeah, great coach. It didn't look like it. You obviously need coordinators. He's forty-two, which in NFL years that might as well be twenty-five when it comes to an NFL head coach. Like that's super young. Um, so I don't think he deserves to be bounced. That being said, these last six weeks were embarrassing. Last night could have been more embarrassing. Uh, they completely folded after that safety last night. Uh, so you got to hold Hurts accountable for that too. 
And you saw last night Dallas Goddard kind of getting on Hurts and, you know, Hurts not really having much of a response back. Like, I think Hurts is talented, but I've said this before, especially when we've been talking about QB rankings throughout the year. I think Hurts is, you know, he's in that top 10 quarterbacks, but he's not necessarily the most skilled quarterback or the most gifted thrower or the most accurate or the most, you know what I mean? Like, he's not, it's not goddamn mm-hmm. Justin Herbert. You know, I used his name earlier. You know what I mean? Where he's got all the tools to be a quarterback with Hurts. He's still growing into that good quarterback that he can be, right? So, yes. what's overall, like, I mean, where, <clears throat> I'll let you take it away as far as, I mean, we talked a little Bucks, but, you know, I thought it was good Bucks as well as bad Eagles. And I think the Bucks do have a pretty good chance this weekend against the Lions. I could also see them getting blown out by the Lions. But, you know, I don't think they're a slouch by any means. And, again, I am very impressed with Todd Bowles. I think he continues to be underrated. I don't think he's necessarily elite or upper echelon. But I think he's better than the rest. You know what I mean? I think he's in that very good coach or good coach category. So I'm talking a lot here. I'll let you go. Absolutely not. You're fine. Um, it was the first time a Bucks quarterback went 300 yards and three touchdowns in the playoffs, which is a kind of weird stat because we thought Brady would have eclipsed that at some point. But Baker, 337, three touchdowns, no picks, five receiver has over 45 yards. It could have been 45. Mike Evans dropped a couple. He dropped one bomb on the sideline where they didn't end up scoring, and then he dropped another bomb that dropped in the they. Could've that could have been two touchdowns from Mike Evans. That could have easily been a 40-point Bucks output. Uh, clearly, we saw Hurts was missing Brown. That mattered. Uh, they had Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and then those comes down to Quez Watkins. That's where I think you should run the ball more, so I think that's play calling there too. But Jalen Hurts has got to be better. That team's got to be better. You could tell they weren't – even when they were winning, you could tell there was something wrong. And we – most people chalked it up to – They'll find their groove, but they're still winning games regardless. Okay, but they didn't find their groove, and you could tell that something was off with this team early. We just didn't chalk it up to what it was early on, or at least most people didn't. Uh, this Bucks team is live against the Lions. I favor the Lions right now. I'll obviously, we'll give our picks out on Thursday. I favor the Lions in this spot, but it's definitely a spot that the Bucks can win because the secondary can be had. We saw... What Matt Stafford did to that secondary, he was he was elite in that game. He was playing phenomenal football. Just came down to a few plays at the end, and then the red zone really holding them to field goals. We'll talk about that game more later. But I was impressed with this Bucks team. Obviously, it's their best win since the Super Bowl. So kudos to them. Kudos to Baker. I do have a quick Baker question for you. When you also when you talk about the game. Do you think Baker is a borderline franchise quarterback at this point in time? <laughs> uh, I'll answer that in a second. I do want to rebuttal some of yeah, what you, you go said. On. So absolutely, the Eagles. Yeah, when they were ten and one, we did think like, okay, they're not a true ten and one. Maybe this is closer to a seven and three, seven and four team. Maybe they're not as crisp as last year. But AJ Brown was absolutely balling out. The offensive line was still that offensive line. And the defense was doing yep. enough, right? They didn't completely yep. fall off. They didn't gotten as hurt as they did. Um, the last six weeks, what we saw was a mess. Uh, from them replacing their DC with Matt Patricia, of all people, 
to them all of a sudden, like I mentioned before, them becoming a vertical team. Like all of a sudden we want to be the Chiefs and just abandon the run. Like what's the absolute strength of this team? It's a, it's clearly the run game. I thought you were asking a rhetorical question, well, not to me, but to not, yourself. What's what's <laughs> the what's the big part of the run game though? The offensive line, right? Oh, it's Jalen Hurt. It's Jalen Hurts. It's De- uh, DeAndre Swift. It's the tandem of those. It's like, but why would you take the running out of Lamar Jackson? But their absolute strength out of everything, out of all that, is their offensive line, right? Oh yeah. So, oh yes. So, okay, but yes. to your point, to what you're saying, you want to ride that offensive line. You want to run the ball. You want to get Hurts and some run action. You got Swift. You got Gainwell. I don't understand why they went away from that. So, again, excuse me. You'll notice when this is up, we had some technical difficulties so i may be repeating myself here but my point was you know if you do want to fire sirianni again i'm not in complete agreement with that but if you were to you'd point to these last six weeks where they just completely abandoned their identity and when you don't have an identity you don't have anything when you don't have an identity you're certainly not a playoff team and the only reason they were a playoff team was because they stacked those wins but they had those wins because yep. they had true talent and they at least had an identity. So I don't I don't understand what happened those last six weeks. To the Bucks, yeah, that Bucks, they could have they could have made that game a lot uglier last night as far as the score. Uh you mm-hmm. mentioned the two drops. Yeah, they don't have those two drops. That's certainly a uh a more difficult game to look at if you're an Eagles fan. And yeah. I'll say this the Eagles actually showed some life yesterday. They got some pass rush. Uh and then that safety happened and that long touchdown happened and they were just, they were dead. They were dead. They had no fight in them. And, you know, it's not a good look how they ended, but there's still a lot on that roster. I think Sirianni's still a good coach. Uh, he'll have a better coaching staff next year, assuming he comes back. So there is still things there to be excited about if you're an Eagles fan. It's an embarrassing way to end your season, but... You know, there's still there's still things there. Now, to your Baker Mayfield question, is he? What'd you say? Is he a borderline franchise quarterback? Is that what you asked? It, 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 like, yeah, I was gonna say borderline to franchise quarterback. Is he? Would you? Would you give him a three year, hundred thirty million dollar deal, or yeah, three year one ten to one thirty? Uh, I don't know. And the reason why I say I don't know is because you just really don't know where you're getting year to year with quarterbacks, it seems. Whether they're a young quarterback, whether they're a veteran quarterback, Flacco had success this year, right? Stroud immediately came in this year and is technically an elite quarterback by all accounts, right? Um, Yeah. Lamar, who's going to win MVP, it's... He it almost seems like, I mean, he's had that one MVP season before, but it seems like the other seasons where he didn't win MVP, you could argue he was even better statistically than this year. So you just really, I was making the argument to you a couple of weeks ago, Keenan, that quarterbacks never meant less. Like it's still very important, but it feels like you can even win without one. Now you look at the crop of quarterbacks we have left in the playoffs. They're all great quarterbacks. So that, that argument kind of goes out the window a little bit, but at the same time, it just feels like, People try to build more around their teams, I guess, taking more on both sides of the ball, more in the run game, maybe. Um, It does seem like, and there are some outliers, but it does seem like you can either only win a Super Bowl with an absolutely elite quarterback or a quarterback on the rookie deal. So that's interesting, too. So in the case of Baker Mayfield, I don't know if I'm necessarily affording all that money to him. I'm not sure if he's 
he's probably the definition of a borderline franchise quarterback because that's what he was in Cleveland, right? He'd been to an AFC championship game. He's pretty good. He's better than Divisional. most. I thought they made it to one AFC championship game, no? No, they Am lost to the Chiefs. They beat the Steelers. They lost to the Chiefs in the Divisional. That was the year the Chiefs ended up playing, I believe, the Bills in 2020, and they lost. Then they won that game, I think, 38-24. So I'm bugging. But either way, he's been in big playoff games. He's carried teams, um, not necessarily on his shoulders, but he's led teams, obviously, being the QB. He's proven to be a true leader. Um, but I think he's exactly that. He's a borderline. And, you know, he was almost out of the league last year. We all picked against him this year. I don't know too many people that were picking the Bucks preseason. I think everyone ripped them off. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they got a good team on both sides of the ball. And Baker's good enough. And I think that's I think that's what makes this team so scary, Keenan, is that they're not your prototypical came-out-of-nowhere team, right? They've all mm-hmm. been to the Super Bowl. Uh, Bowles has either, as a DC, coached in big games or at least, you know, coached real talent in New York. And I think he had one other job prior to this, but in New York, he coached real talent. So, I mean, like we said, Baker's been in big games. Everyone from the coaching staff to the players has been in big games. Bigger games than the Lions, you could argue. I mean, Goff's been to the Super Bowl, but the, the Lions are puppies in this regard. So, yeah, the Bucks yep. are live. The Bucks, like I said, the Bucks very well could get blown out Saturday. I could see that too. But you know, you could tell me they if not win, keep that close. I'd believe that too. I mean, they're just they're very seasoned for a quote unquote came out of nowhere team when really they were in front of us the whole time, honestly. Uh, but no, kudos to Baker. Baker's done a great job. He basically put up Tom Brady's stats last year and was honestly more effective in their mm-hmm. offense. They weren't the most consistent team. But, hey, they got the win last night, uh, and they'll be playing Sunday, sorry, most likely, right? That's the first game on Sunday Yeah, they'll be playing. so Yeah, they're playing They're playing 3 o'clock Sunday. You know, I was particularly worried about his health, and he looked healthy last night. So, hey, I think, I think all four of these games are going to be fantastic games. That one and probably the, the – division- uh, Go ahead. I was about to say the divisional round typically is the best round of the playoffs. Obviously, obviously you're more anticipating the games as they go on and go on. But like when it comes to just pure grading the football games, you typically get some of your best games in the divisional round. So I'm expecting a huge weekend. You get um, you get both one seeds, and then you get either worthy competitors, or you get you know whoever advanced. Like the Cowboys didn't necessarily advance, but. The Lions are worthy to be there. The Bucks now are worthy to be there. You know what I mean? So the Packers every, deserve to be there the way they're playing. Packers so. deserve to be there. Absolutely. So, you know, I could see a world with that Packers game, that Niners Packers game is a blowout. But they're kind of they're similar to the Bucks in the fact that LaFleur's been in big games. The rest of that team necessarily probably hasn't been. They're young and too dumb to know any better. You don't know what you don't know, though, which is you don't know what the you don't know. Thing. You don't know what you don't know. That's true. Uh, that's yeah. that's underrated and overrated in some sense because in the NFL playoffs it does mean something, but at the same time we just seen Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud do their damn thing against good teams, against good defenses. But yep. my my counter to that would be wild card round is different than divisional round. The quality of football goes absolutely. up, the stakes raise. But hey, we'll see. Yeah, and I cannot wait to talk about these more in depth on Thursday. But 
no, I'm, I'm super excited for all these games. Uh, you know, we'll get to truly see. All right, we seen Stroud do it against a weird Browns team. We saw <laughs> Jordan Love do it against a uh, a meltdown of a Cowboys team. Uh, I think it's hilarious that Dan Quinn put together like the worst effort he possibly could have put up. Like McCarthy's going to get a lot of blame as he should. He really should. Dak should get blamed too. And as you said earlier, Keenan, like. You know, there's a lot of Cowboys fans saying, like, you know, get rid of Dak. You can't. There's no <laughs> there's no way. Like, sure, go ahead and take a flyer on a third or fourth round QB like you did Dak what? and see what he is. And sure, if he's better than Dak, by all means. But unless you can yeah. trade Dak for someone, you're going to have to work with him. You're going to have to find the right co- head coach for him. And uh, look, McCarthy has improved. And what him. are you trading Dak for? Like, that's that's the thing. Like, what can you trade Dak for? I don't you're not you can't trade him for the number one overall pick. Like Caleb Williams is there. I don't know depending to who would trade him at two. Like or like would the Kyle as a Patriots fan here, I would be ecstatic if you just said we're trading Dak for the number three pick. I would be pumped. Thank you. We'll take Dak. Like I I would be perfectly I'm, I'm me personally would be perfectly fine with taking Dak at the number three pick. I don't know if you would, but I would be. See, when you say it like that, then you're telling me you're telling me Dak Prescott's worth whoever's there. Like let's say Marvin Harrison Jr. is there at number three. Is Dak Prescott worth that? To me, no. To me, no. Um, I think I think you know what you're getting more out of Dak than say if you know one of the QBs is there, especially if Caleb Williams is gone. Um, because you know, like I said, you see it year to year, you see it now with Trevor Lawrence, right? Everyone said Trevor Lawrence was the next thing smoking, and what? He's been pretty good. Compare that to C.J. Stroud, where everyone's like, hey, Ohio State QB, we know the history there. He's truly the golden child, right? Like, he's he's the one. Yeah. He's the one. So nobody knows fucking anything, it seems like. I mean, of course, the scouts know their shit, but when it comes to, like, what's actually inside a player, I mean, come on. I mean, the, the example you could use literally every time is – <laughs> the GOAT was selected at 199 in the sixth round. I mean, come on. No one knew. No one knew. Purdy, no one knew. He's Mr. O- literally the last pick. Purdy's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, handed the keys to a Super Bowl team. So, you know, when you put it like that, if it was anything else in the first round, Keenan, like the 15th pick, yeah, I probably wouldn't be too mad at trading for Dak Prescott. Third pick, especially if you can get Marvin Harrison. So- especially if you can whatever QB, whatever, you know, I, but again, I'm not too so big on rookie QBs. Either, but go ahead, go ahead, go that's ahead. That's interesting. No, 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 no. That's just a really interesting point that I want to, I might even clip like I, that's really interesting. Would you trade Dak for the number three pick in the draft? You wouldn't for one, because that's Caleb Williams and the upside from what you think is higher than Dak at number two. If you're talking quarterback, that's Drake May. A lot of people are high on him. Jaden Daniels is there. So a lot of people are high on these people. But basically, third pick, you're looking at either Jaden Daniels, Drake May, or Marvin Harrison Jr. Would you trade Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr., or Jaden Daniels for Dak Prescott? That is an interesting question. With Dak, you know, his regular... Another thing I wanted to bring up, too, when we're talking about Dak, his regular season is MVP caliber. That's his ceiling. So technically best quarterback in the league is his ceiling in the regular season. 
No, I'm. I don't believe that though. Like, I don't believe that. I don't believe any of that for a second. Like, that's why. No, but like, I get. I know. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But let me let me cut off because I know where you're going with this. Because you're still you're setting the setting the table for what Dak is and what the number three pick could be. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But you know, when we got, I think we first started talking about us personally, me, you, and Tim. We started talking about Dak MVP week twelve. And the table was set for it. But in my mind, I'm literally thinking, like, what the fuck kind of league is the NFL if Dak Prescott's the MVP is what I'm thinking. Uh, and NBA terms, Keenan, that would be like that'd be like Carl Anthony Towns becoming MVP because like everybody else was injured or everyone else is having to be having a bad season. Right. And even that almost doesn't work because Towns has like otherworldly offensive skill. Um, whereas Dak Prescott, like you saw it in Sunday's game down 14, you don't feel as comfortable with him. And let me compare someone who's been compared to Dak Prescott a lot. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins could throw you back into a 14 point hole. He's got the IQ for that. Dak doesn't necessarily have the IQ, nor the poise, nor just the, the arm talent, the, the talent in general. When he scrambles, he looks slow. He's more athletic than some quarterbacks, but he doesn't have true burst. Like he really does look slow. Uh, so with Dak, you get what you get. He's equally underrated as much as he is overrated. That comes with being the Cowboys QB, right? So, you know, you're talking number three pick. Talk about someone maybe I've been hard on. Pause. Being Trevor Lawrence, right? I would trade the number three for Trevor Lawrence. There's true upside there, right? Hypothetically. Dak Prescott, we've See, seen that's... what he is. You got to have a, you got to have a, like that Eagles team. You put Dak on that Eagles team last year, he'd have the same success, if not more, than Jalen Hurts. But is he a super skilled thrower of the football? No, he's a pretty good offensive player. He's not a great offensive player. I know his stats trended toward MVP, but a lot of that to me is McCarthy and, you know, the team around him, right? Not to say Dak's a scrub. Dak is absolutely not a scrub. And just in general, I think we talked about this before, Keenan, in past years, yeah, I'd probably take him as the Patriots quarterback. But you better have all the talent in the world around him. Otherwise, you're not getting over the top. That's how I view Dak as a QB. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And absolutely, that's fine. Um, he is, to me, he is 2021 and on James Harden. Where at that – and what – before, I'm not saying before, because before James Harden's regular season stats were so otherworldly, like you could compare those to like some of the greats. I mean, obviously the 36 a game, you saw that. You saw a lot of his statistic statistical categories dropping 60 in games and things like that. But where Harden, you were like, you look at him and you're like, I think that could be a top 10 player. But then in the postseason comes along and you're like, that's just not him. So I mean, like well, that's what he like, you talking about like during that time he was certainly top ten. No 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 uh, d- during twenty fifteen to twenty twenty, top five top five top ten player I, absolutely. What I'm saying with Dak is like twenty twenty one to twenty twenty three hard and what we're seeing now, like midway through his Brooklyn Nets time to today, is when he became he became a guy where you squint and you're like, is that still a top ten player in the? Is that a top ten player in the league? Is that top six? Like, is he really one of those guys? And then you see him in the brightest lights and you're like, that's not. 
Never mind. I'll say this. That's kind of what Dak reminds me. I'll say this. I think I have a Harden comparison, but that's to the Dallas Cowboys, right? Because to me, uh, Harden's absolutely elite, always been elite, right? And he will leave you when you need him most in the playoffs. Like, you could be the biggest Mm -hmm. Harden defender, and there's just – we've seen him literally quit the playoffs. We've seen him try in the playoffs and just not have his best game. Like, it's a bad combination of both. That's the Cowboys. There is no reason to trust the Cowboys. Me, you, and Tim aren't even and Cowboys fans. Too. What's up? <laughs> I was to say that, and obviously you said Cowboys. That just encompasses Dak too. It encompasses yeah, you're Dak. Right, the bigger. I'll bring it back to Dak. Bigger in a second, though. Cowboys. I'll bring it back and I'll bring it back to Dak in a second. But uh, the Cowboys, you can't trust. I was going to say, me, you, and Tim each all had them in the NFC Championship game, I believe. And no, I had them in the divisional. I had them losing to Detroit. Did you? Okay. But you obviously had him a contender for that. Uh, oh, yeah. Close game. But, like, yo, like, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but me and Tim are sitting here with egg on our face over it. Like, why the fuck would we believe that? Why would we believe that? Like, now we see, even if they made it past the first round, they probably would have lost next week. We can't even say that because they got blown out this week. They even put up a fight this week until late in the game. And, again, if you saw us on live take, You'd see me kind of giving Dak praise because I thought he battled a little bit for all his ability. I thought he battled. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Dan. Oh, I thought Dan Quinn was culprit number one. If we're doing blame pie, I think Dan Quinn gets the sixty percent piece of that pie. I really do. Uh, but to bring it back to Dakota Prescott, Keenan, I think if he was on any other team that's not the Cowboys, everyone would be talking about how underrated Dak is. Talking about why isn't anybody talking about Dak enough? oh, maybe he doesn't have the most success in the playoffs, but we need to get him more talent kind of thing. I think that's how we'd be talking about Dak Prescott if he wasn't on the Cowboys. The fact that he's on the Cowboys, people automatically look at you like you're a top-ten quarterback, which he probably is. But again, I mean, we got to remember, he was a third- or fourth-round pick, which doesn't necessarily mean anything, necessarily. He actually did have a successful college career, but he is a limited quarterback. Uh Kirk Cousins, who was also a third-round pick, and it's endlessly compared to Dak. I just want to, you know. But Kirk Cousins is more Jared Goff. Like, Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins have true reads on what the defense is doing before the play. Maybe Dak does too, but Dak locks in on his number one guy a lot. We saw him doing that a ton in the first half there. Him and CD just not being on the same page. I don't think you get that with Goff or Cousins or, you know. And, uh, you know, not saying Cousins is – incredibly athletically gifted because obviously he's not, but man, he can at least throw you back into a game. He can at least get you down back down from a three score game. Probably not in the playoffs. He's not the best postseason performer, but Dak just doesn't have as much ability as that. Or even a Jared Goff. He just doesn't. Um, he does have more ability than probably 85, 90% of the quarterbacks in this league. But for a Super Bowl quarterback, you better have what they had on offense this year in Dallas and then some. Uh, you better have the right coach and then some. Mike McCarthy's the right coach for the regular season, probably, but probably not for the postseason. So, in the case of Dak, Mike Mike McCarthy needs to coach if you want him to win. Needs to coach adults, like, <laughs> and and I I obviously like I'm not trying to make it sound like these aren't grown men, but I mean he needs to coach button up teams that already have identities who know who they are. And then Mike McCarthy can be and Mike McCarthy can kind of lead them into what they need to be. A team like the Cowboys, they need a true man's man adult 
which is why I think Bill, I don't Jim even... Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, in my personal opinion, I think that that's because I just it's feel like necessary. sometimes they become unraveled, undisciplined, and they're scared. I think you need a man to just say, what are we doing? I don't <laughs> I don't even think it's that with Mike McCarthy. I don't think it's that he can't coach. He could coach a team like the Cowboys anyway, right? I mean, he coached Aaron Rodgers and he coached the Packers to a Super Bowl, right? I just think he wasn't right for the Cowboys job, right? Just specifically the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Like, he probably shouldn't be the coach, but you'd have to look at the, the candidates at that time, you know? Maybe they should have went hard yeah. at Jim Harbaugh, right? Threw him the bag while he was at college. Sean Payton. Sean Payne, yeah. Well, at that time? Yeah, we thought, I think most people thought Sean Payne would have held out for that job. I thought he would have taken another year or at least even, you know, waited for that and the Chargers job. And he didn't because, yeah, that was ready made for him. But McCarthy's had real regular season success. He's proven he could coach. But the Cowboys, he just never made sense as the Cowboys coach, especially coming off Jason Garrett. But I see what you're saying, but I think in general just – that's not someone who you want for that team, a team that's going to be scrutinized to that level where the expectations are just ridiculous, like ridiculous. And that's that's kind of where I'm falling with Dak Prescott, too, Keenan, because like he is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, but he's not that guy. He's not even as good as Romo. Right. Romo had all the ability. He was more <laughs> unlucky than anything. Uh mm-hmm. But he was close in these games. They weren't even close in this game on Sunday. But again, that's more Dan Quinn than anybody. But in general, Dakota's a pretty good quarterback. He's not an all-time great quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. Uh, You know, once upon a time, this argument was the same for Joe Flacco. But Joe Flacco can straight up throw the ball down the field. Dak's not necessarily that guy, right? Joe Flacco's the exact opposite of Dak. The problem with Joe Flacco was the regular season. We were like, what are we seeing? And then he got into the postseason, and we're like, oh, this is – this is why he's good. It was the same thing with Eli for the most part. You're like regular seasons. Like he had a couple of years where he was like, Oh, it's pretty decent. And then you're like a oh, postseason wise, it comes around. And he's like, Oh, this guy can play. <laughs> like, is he elite? Like the postseasons here, but they didn't have the regular season. Dak, fun, if you go through his regular season numbers, even other than say, even other than this year, sorry, I'm just going to quickly go, ahead, go, ahead. It's, if, go through and you're like, okay, great. And then postseason, not great. Go on. No, I was going to say a uh, fun Flacco stat. Tied for most road wins in NFL history in the postseason. Number one being Tom Brady. And Brady basically accumulated that over, you know, 20 plus years or however much he played. Flacco probably had six or seven runs, including this one, and (laughs) stacked up those road wins. So, yeah, Flacco is the true postseason performer. It makes sense. I mean, say it makes sense that Tom Brady's up there, but it also makes sense why he does. He's tied with Flacco because when you look at Brady, it was the. You're coming to Foxborough, and we just live in Foxborough because he was the number one or number two seed every year. So, obviously, the divisional round was always in Foxborough. Wild card. I mean, there wasn't really a wild card until, like, the later years in Foxborough. And then most of the time, the AFC Championship game at home. (laughs) So, that was a scary place to play for a lot of people. And that's kind of what Arrowhead's turning into, obviously, because last six years prior to this season. And then only if the Texans win, it will become, it'll go back there. But uh, we can actually, speaking of Arrowhead, we can talk about this Chiefs game a little bit. Uh, did exactly what I expected to the Dolphins 26 to 7. I thought the Dolphins would score a little bit more points. I thought they'd be able to run a little more. But that team. That team's a – it's like the West Coast teams in college football. They're meant for September. 
of November-ish, like early November. Once it starts getting to late November, they're not really that team. They're a team that if they're going to win it all, they need to get the one seed because they need everything flowing through Miami. And then obviously you get the AFC, you get the Super Bowl in a dome. But Chiefs were going to win that game. I know people are probably, I know there's some people that are like, oh my gosh, the Chiefs are kind of back. And then there's other people who are like, the Chiefs aren't good at all. The Chiefs are what we thought they were, a team with a true identity of defense and running the football. And then you have Patrick Mahomes. You have Patrick Mahomes to try to make plays when he can, and we'll see if the receivers can actually make those plays with him and if Patrick Mahomes can not try to do too much. Rasheed Rice is becoming a person who can allow to allow him to do such a thing and allow him to be really a go-to guy. And hopefully Travis Kelsey gets the Taylor Swift out of his Adam himself because he's not the same guy right now and he's dropping easy balls that he that he hasn't dropped in years. So we'll see, but I think the Chiefs are right where I thought they would be. Yeah, um you know, and one way I take the Arrowhead shine off compared to Foxborough is that the Chiefs are 4 and 4 this year at home. Uh just that little nugget there. But no, I mean that is a tough place to play in general, especially in cold weather. Uh, and to talk about the Dolphins game, yeah, it's it's exactly what I expected as well. The Chiefs were more equipped for it. I agree. I thought the Dolphins would have a little better of a run game. Um, we talked about this on live take, and I should have went back and looked. But there was something when it was a 10-point game that McDaniels and the Dolphins have a gripe about. And I probably shouldn't even mention it because I can't remember, but there was something that happened, either a no-call or something I think it was a no call that they did not get that would have mattered in the case of being competitive for the Dolphins, but I still don't believe they would have went on to win the game. It just would have helped them be a little more competitive at that point because it was a possession oh, game. What I no, okay, that was a Lions game, I think. Because uh, I thought I remember there was a um a false start that was a offsides, but they ended up calling it a false start, but it wasn't that game. Um, it was a different. I'm game. assuming that made it from fourth and five to fourth and ten, but that was the Lions' uh, rant. I'm assuming, given the situation that I'm describing, it was a third down going into a fourth down. So I'm assuming it was like a PI or a defensive hold that wasn't called that should have been called. That again would have extended the game and the drive, but I don't think the Dolphins win that game ultimately. Um, so no. I said here last week, like if this was anybody but the Dolphins coming to a cold weather KC, I probably would have picked the Chiefs to get upset in the first round. Uh, so we all had this. You were on that all season too. Yeah. But obviously matchups didn't work out for that. Right, right. So, I mean, you know, given this game, I'm not saying what my picks are, but I mean, shit, if you saw the show last week, you know I had this exact matchup, Bills-Chiefs. Uh, Bills didn't look great, but they did what they had to do. You know, the, the Steelers kind of played with them a little bit yesterday. They could have been in that game. A little more if it wasn't for some turnovers and some missed opportunities but the bills at the end of the mm. day took care of business uh they're ready for the chiefs they're going to be playing sunday night so it's not necessarily you know the rest isn't going to be as big of an issue as i initially thought so look bills you got to win this game you're the better team uh your defense definitely has some holes you you got more injuries yesterday but the yep. chiefs have some leaks too so this should be a good game sunday uh, same thing I've been saying since Burrow got hurt. 
with Mahomes not playing well, Kelsey not playing well, the Chiefs in general, that offense not doing as well, if not this year, for Lamar, but especially Josh Allen and the Bills, if not this year, then when? Right? You got you got Mahomes yeah. on the ropes. You got you got Burrow knocked out. You got Mahomes on the ropes. This is the year. Herbert's not in it. Two is gone now. That explosive offense for the Miami Dolphins is gone. Now it's just Chiefs and Bills like it's been. You got Lamar against a rookie. You know, these quarterbacks got to do their thing. The Chiefs can either play spoiler or the Bills can take care of business and at least get themselves in the AFC Championship game versus a rookie quarterback or versus Lamar. And, you know, that the same statement goes for Lamar, who has not had the biggest postseason success. At least we can say Josh Allen has played well in the playoffs. Lamar, we haven't seen it yet. So same with him. He has an opportunity to right some wrongs. Uh, this Texans team, like we said about the Packers, Keenan, you don't know what you don't know. So they very well could put up a good fight. But that Ravens team's truly full of vets. Harbaugh's been in big games. They should take care of business, right? Um I think there's a world where it's a really good game. But, hey, this is for specifically Josh Allen and Lamar Keenan. This is a huge weekend for them. They can really cement themselves and really elevate themselves in a way that puts them in a position, of course, for Super Sunday. So those two, more than anybody, including the NFC side, those two quarterbacks, I've got my eye on. Um, Of course, Stroud. Of course, Jordan Love. Of course, the Lions. Like, that's a great story. But, you know. I've been I've been on this pretty much since like I said since Burrow got hurt. Those two specifically, you got to do it this year because if not, when there's no excuse. That and that doesn't say there's so many. I think every single quarterback has a a cool storyline right now, which is really interesting. Obviously, with CJ and Jordan Love, it's these two first year starters, one being a rookie, one not being, but these two first year starters looking to be already top 10 player top 10 at their position balling out right now and they would be going from playing each playing top five defenses in the league beating them to then beating the number one seeds which also have top five defenses in the league and go doing both and doing it on the road I mean Packers both Houston had a home game be crazy you have the Mahomes Allen People calling it this this version's Brady Manning. I think it's more Burrow Mahomes just because both have kind of won. But again, whatever. You have great quarterbacks going at it. Allen needs to get to a conference championship game. Mahomes trying to keep cementing his legacy of being one of the greatest ever. Jared Goff getting to the championship game would be amazing for the Lions and for him too, kind of showing why that Rams trade wasn't only a one-sided trade. Bucks, Baker Mayfield team no one expected at all midway through the season getting to and an, back to an NFC championship game Baker for the first time and then Brock Purdy that was the other one Lamar Jackson obviously him getting to his first championship game and really trying to cement himself as one of the great quarterbacks and then Brock Purdy how good are you conversation like where are you really in the quarterback hierarchy are you just right place, right time with a really good team and you're just doing what you need to do or are you really a quarterback who can be a difference maker on a championship level team? So a lot of great stories, a lot of great quarterback play and a lot of great things coming up. So I can't wait. You've seen that video and now it's kind of a meme of like, uh, it's this dude, I don't know if he used to be in the Army or what, but he's like saluting the TV as the national anthem's on. 
and he's like crying. He's got tears on tears running down his face. Like it's just all OD. It's extra. That's the point of it. It's like comedy, really. You know, I mean, he's he's not intentional. No, I actually I. I'm a loser and probably I have not seen that. It's just kind of one. It's just kind of a niche one. Like if you've seen it, you've seen it. Point is that's gonna be me yep. before these goddamn games come on on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> like that's how excited <laughs> I am. That's how much I'm looking forward to these games because I mean these matchups are just great. Uh the storylines, like you said, there's storylines all over. And that's the thing. Like we all picked against the Packers last week. I think we all thought there was a world where they they win, but you know, if they win, it's a three point game, it's a shootout, they got the ball last. Oh my god, did you see that? Yep. No, they fucking won. Right? Like they outright beat the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh same with the Texans, outright yeah. beat the Browns. Uh, so mm-hmm. we can say like obviously, I'm not giving away anything here when I say all of us are going to be leaning towards the Ravens probably. We could all probably come up with a world where the Texans win, but we're all probably leaning Ravens. Uh yep. Bills Chiefs is a 50-50 game. We're probably all leaning Absolutely. Lions instead of the Bucks, but that's why Yo, the NFL is just amazing. It's got a lot of flaws. It's got its flaws. But, yo, when, they, when they're ready to put that 18th game in, I'll be ready. I'll be, yeah, I'll be watching all 18. Uh, I mean, the fact – I didn't love when they put the seventh team in for the wild card and they took away that second bye. I didn't love it because I thought yeah. it was a perfect product. But guess what? Now you're getting in that first weekend, you're getting more of a March Madness vibe than you ever did. That first weekend's March Madness, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, we talk about, I especially mention all the time, week 12 on separates the boys from the men. Thanksgiving on separates yep. the boys from the men. Now it's almost seeming like, okay, once you get past wild card weekend, you know, that divisional round now all of a sudden has this almost AFC championship, NFC championship feel to it. Like the divisional round has more importance to it. Not that it wasn't important before, but now it's like, I don't know, it just feels even more difficult. And I see you nodding along, and it seems like you agree. And it, you know, I don't know, the NFL just continues to just seem to know how to win. Um, I want to give Duke a shout-out. And really, this is just a shit on the NBA more than anything. Because we were talking about our fantasy league, and, you know, as you know, we threw it together basically within two days. I think we even talked about it on this podcast. And yeah. uh, he was saying, like, what he'd do different for next year – and he was saying, much like us in general, he's how tough it is with the NBA because of the load management and this and that. And he made a great point. And again, this is just a shit on the NBA. There's really no other point than this. And I say this as someone who loves basketball more than football, but I love the NFL more than the NBA at this point. This is what it is. But he was saying, like, you needed 82 games back in the day because that's how they earned their money. The contracts weren't astronomical. Now that you got players making fifty million who are role players, what importance would you have to the regular season? Uh, I say that to really say I hope, and it won't happen. But the NBA kind of, sort of does have an NFL model now with their hard cap. So in that event, they do kind of you're going to have more player movement as far as role players. But man, almost seems like the NBA should have a franchise tag. That's a conversation for a whole another day. I think then they could compete with the NFL if you really could keep players and whatever, whatever else. I just want to shit on the NBA. That has no point. My point is here, the NFL is a perfect product. And Keenan, one of these days, again, I'm going all over here, but I'm going to make a pitch to you about the UFC because the UFC to me is the closest league to the NFL out of any sporting league out there, at least in the United States. So 
Okay. That's for another day. That's again, that's off a tangent. I started with fucking quarterbacks in the NFL and ended with the UFC. I'm gonna let you respond. Um, I think that the NBA franchise tag would act, would add a very interesting wrinkle to everything. Um, you'd have you wouldn't be able to like cry your way out of somewhere because you would just be able to franchise them for a year more. Like a lot of these younger contracts, obviously. So I think that franchise tag would be cool. I don't think the players association would be for it, but I really wouldn't care. I think it'd be a great, I think it'd be great for the product and great for the, the sport. Cause when you have people who are homegrown, it just changes the feel for it. So like your latest example would be, Steph and the Warriors kind of for or or actually your latest example really would be the Nuggets with Jokic it felt it's like okay you see him really grow as a Nugget and you're like oh man it's nice the Nuggets found their super superstar Jamal Murray they brought they brought him up Michael Porter Jr. he was supposed to be the one pick his back injury I think they got him at 14 was it I think what they ended the lottery roughly around there wherever it was but but anyway, so you see that team, they build like a, their farm system. And it's nice to see those teams win. And then we, we've we talked about like, we were talking a little bit before the podcast about the 16, 17 Warriors. And I was like, we knew like we knew they were going to go win. Or like the Heat, I was going to say, looking back on it, it was more competitive than I thought it was going to be when they first got together. But the big three Heat, you're like. We said the same thing. Okay. You've got prime Wade, prime Bosch, and prime LeBron on the same team. Okay. <laughs> There's multiple championships coming out of that franchise, regardless. I don't want to turn this they into won less than- I don't want to turn this into an NBA conversation, but I do want to say this. Mm. In a world where Jalen Brown is what uh I don't know the contract off the top of my head, but it's like sixty, seventy million dollar player, right? Jalen Brown. And he's pretty good. He's an all-star player, even all-NBA player, but in the uh, in the breakdown of players, in the echelon of players, I think he's top 25, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly not top 10. He's 70 million. There's going to be a world yeah. where, like, so Michael Porter Jr., maybe he deserves it, maybe he doesn't, but his next contract, he'll probably be in the Jalen Brown ilk. Eventually, if things keep going the way they do, Keenan, your seventh man's going to be Jalen Brown numbers. How does... Again, I don't want to make it a whole NBA conversation. It's more of a maybe uh, we'll we'll bookmark it for later. But how does the NBA sustain when eventually it's not even down the road because it's going to be now where you're going to have ninth, eighth, seventh, eighth, ninth men making 30, 40 million a year. We're already at that point. But when they start making 70, which is even more astronomical, like how does that sustain over time? Like it doesn't. So I'm no. I'm still continuously worried about the NBA. But we'll save that. We'll get more NBA in here soon. But it was on my mind today. So, yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. You saw a lot of these deals. Like Desmond Bain's a very good player. He's top thirty-five for sure. You could argue where amongst that thirty-five he is between twenty-five and thirty-five, wherever. You got a two hundred seven million dollar deal. I think over five years. You're like he's at least capped though. If you would have said that, he's coming off his rookie extensions. So that's slightly capped. You know what get, I mean? Yeah, it's when you but, get start, it's when yeah, you start no, getting year six, seven, eight, like Jalen Brown, where like you can make real, real money. Which Desmond Bain again, to oh your yeah, point, and, is real money. And, but you get you get my point. No, and you think about it, you you're right, and that adds to my point even more. 
207 million for Desmond Bain already when you think about it feels high and he has a chance to make more per year like in the re- like in a regular sense i think that your max player in the nba i'm thinking 45 ish million a year roughly 45 to even 50 for your really peak players so your second tier players should be getting 30 a year I think when you all, like if I would have looked at that in 2012, a Desmond Bain would have gotten like a four year, $125 million contract. I'm like, Oh, he got the bag. Like a two, two Oh seven. You're like, Oh, he's getting paid, but like he can get more. Like, I think, I just think that's crazy. Cause that's, I mean, good for the athlete because obviously that's in Desmond Bain's case, from what I said to what there, that's $87 million more. So good for him. But like, I don't know. It's crazy. The fact that you can get 30 mil for a role player, but 40 mil costs you Daniel Jones in the NFL. It's crazy. And I'm not saying that NFL players should necessarily be paid more. I'm not saying either way is right or wrong, but I am saying in the case of the NBA, I don't follow the MLB. There's no cap in the MLB. And it does seem like there's more rest days. Like when I just catch stuff on ESPN or if I just catch stuff of them scrolling. So I'm sure like, Mm-hmm. I'm sure hitters get their off days, but it does seem like even with their astronomical numbers that people are still playing a large part of these 162 games. If they're not injured, I yep. could be wrong about that, but you know, the NBA man, it just continues to like, just the, have no incentive. The for only stars thing that's play. the only thing that's really different in the MLB is pitchers. So obviously like you used to see, 300 plus innings from your pitchers. Right. Someone like Pedro now Martinez. They have, now they have mentioned pitchers before. pitching fifth, five and six innings, but that's more of a managerial thing. So seeing this little connection issues there, Kyle's dealing with a storm there. So I'm going to finish my point here where I was talking about, obviously pitchers by pitchers kind of have, you have your guys going five innings and then you have multiple relievers. Now, like there's been such a stress on relievers uh, there's a huge stress in the NFL on backs by committee because you have so many you have so many backs that are actually good now, and then there's a less of an emphasis on quarterbacks. That's what we were talking about earlier, but we were talking about the NBA role players and how those role players are getting paid more and more and more, and how it's kind of crazy that they are. I was gonna bring up that Dante Dante Divincenzo, who is. Okay, got like a four-year, $50 million deal. And I was like, oh, okay. And that seems super light, but also at the same time, that seems like that's a pretty big deal for someone of Dante DiVincenzo's caliber. That feels like a three-year, $18 million guy of old. So I think it's kind of crazy that he's getting That's basically close what, four years, four years, $12 million? For um four years like twelve and a half. I was gonna say four years about twelve point two five ish million or twelve point three million. Yeah, so I think that's kind of crazy. No, it's just the fact that like it's a mix, right? Because like we said, like it's closer to the NFL and the fact that you're gonna have to pay your stars, but you're also gonna have to have a lot of cheap deals too. So there's gonna be more role player movement in the NBA which that's yeah. the case in the NFL where you have a lot of the middle class moving For sure. around. What's different is 
you can still just make astronomical money at any position. At, you know, if someone offers you the money, you can take, you can still go over that cap. There's just a lot of repercussions for it in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the NFL, there's a cap for everything. Uh, I don't know. It's just tough. The, the NBA has just worked themselves into this hole that isn't great. And I know we're in the dog days of January in the NBA. So it's never like yeah. the best time for the league. The league really heats up, obviously, right after the Super Bowl, once it's All-Star Weekend. But it's just, I don't know. How much NBA have you truly watched since the in-season tournament? Has your, have you increased in viewership? Uh, I mean, there was a time, just to set the table here, I mean, like five, ten years ago, I'm watching January games more. I'm just watching. I'm coming home. I'm watching the games that, you know, that's what I'm watching. Now I can't say that, you know, I'll have it on the background, but I'm not paying attention like I once was in January after football season. I'll be paying even more attention, but I thought, I mean, we said it in December, how like we were paying attention more to the NBA than the previous year. I would say almost immediately after that in season tournament ended minus the Christmas day games, kind of gone to the side like i'm not i'm just not paying attention as much as the nfl for sure so so kyle yesterday mm-hmm. martin luther king jr day shout mm-hmm. out martin luther king shout out, okay big nba day it used to be a big nba day still is that game's on all day how how in depth did you watch all those games i didn't that that's my point <laughs> like that that's literally the point like before I and not. i understand and i understand that there are two football games on that's but part of it even even with football games on it's still one screen here another screen here you're paying attention to the games and everything like that i understand there's two playoff games on but it was basketball all day martin luther king day was another like holiday slate and then you had that and you had the that and then in a couple weeks from now Right after the Super Bowl, you get the Sunday and Saturday night ABC games, and you're like, "Okay, this is primetime basketball," and you're excited. Um, I again, it's been going downhill since 2016. I understand Steph took the league by storm, and that was a lot of the reason why you wanted to watch 17. it. But then you had other teams. What? No, I meant 2015, 2016. I'm saying it's it's gone downhill since Durant made his move. So gone downhill since I, I since think, like I once that season a, was over since seventeen. Yeah, I think it's a direct correlation to that because I think whatever casual casual fans you had, they're like, okay, fuck this. You know what I mean? Which I cannot blame them. And I feel phony because they I watched feel like, seventeen, and then from there it was like, we've seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I feel phony because I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm still a diehard NBA fan, but I definitely feel like I'm turning into a more casual diehard, right? Not completely casual, yeah. but a casual diehard at least. I definitely feel like September to February, I'm all in on the NFL. I'm all in on mm-hmm. the UFC year-round to some extent. And the NBA feels not a distant third, but it feels third. And I feel like February, mid-February to June, I'm all in on the NBA. It's just not October to June like it once was. So, you know, it is what like it is. Open, opening two weeks of the NBA season, you're into it. This in-season tournament made you into it. But this is where we bring up, and um, this is the last thing I'm going to say before we go do our things, but this is where we brought up the having a second in-season tournament close to the All-Star break. 
I think that makes things interesting. I think you having on the all-star games boring as it is anyway, because players aren't really incentivized to play. They get a lot of money and they're not going to, there's really not players pushing for. Yeah, no, there's not players pushing for very strong showings. So like it's, so in one sense, as I want to see stars in the dunk contest, otherwise other times it's like, okay, Maybe a Max McClung's going to give you more of an effort because he's trying to show off and actually show that he can at least be in the spotlight for a weekend. So, like, it's kind of – it's almost a double-edged sword in the sense of that. But then you're like, okay, well, we still have John ja Morant sitting. I mean, obviously he can't. He has a torn labrum. But, like, we have Zion sitting there, and we're like, oh. We like to, I think he'd be pretty cool in the game. Like to see you, <laughs> he'd be like to cool see you touch game. rim, Zion. It'd be pretty cool to watch you, Zion. That'd be that'd be fun. But anyways, uh, if you just replace, have the dunk contest, sure. Switch it with the three-point contest because that matters more. And you're going to get stars to shoot in the three-point contest because there's nothing, there's nothing physically taxing and you're not risking injury, really. You're just putting up shots and seeing if I can shoot better than you. And then Sunday play the championship game of the in-season tournament i don't care to see these stars go around and waltz around and do nothing any longer it doesn't mean anything to me i cannot wait to complain about all-star weekend like we just did you got an early preview of that but we will be boy i can't wait we will be complaining about it in about what three weeks no three weeks is probably the super bowl from now technically so about four weeks. You can weeks. guarantee death, taxes, and the Warner Brothers podcast complaining about the W about W about the NBA uh, All Star Game. You can book it, <laughs> put it, put yeah. a stamp on it. Yeah, it's all terrible. And last year was one of the all time worst. So I don't know. Uh, the good news is, I mean, we, so it's All Star Weekend in Indiana, which is kind of abnormal. But Indiana is a big basketball state, so I think uh, I think they will deliver. <clears throat> um also Indiana's in Utah. Yeah, for sure. Indiana seems to be or Indianapolis specifically seems to be a city people call underrated. Um mm-hmm. so you know, I think they'll do a good job. Maybe it'll have a vibe to it. I say that to say the next 2 years are Golden State, the Bay Area, Yay Area, and then the year after that it looks like it's going to be LA with the Clippers opening up their uh their new building. So That'll be cool. That'll be, you know, I don't know why they sent it to Utah last year and Miami has never had one. Miami has just straight up never had one or they've had one in the 90s. It's one of the two. Either way, that's it was back in the 90s. I think they had one. It might. Um, I need as long as Steph does a three point contest next year. I'm fine with it. Like that's a I'm assuming he thing. would. He can't. Not I'm do assuming it against, he would. He can't not do it against your home in your hometown. The fact that like, Miami still obviously shoot the fact that Miami has never had an all star weekend since the 90s or that's disgusting. There's literally no reason for it. Uh, I know Boston's trying to get one. Even they would make sense to have one before Utah. Boston's yep. not the best layout of a city, but it makes sense. I mean, come on, it's Boston. It's it's you know historic for the Celtics, and you know the crowd would bring it for sure. Even though you'd have a lot of transplants, but that's besides the point. Um, I did also see Keenan at the Indianapolis airport. They're putting in a gym, a basketball court. Uh, you know, for an attraction for that All Star Weekend, and I almost want to fly in just to uh, just to play, 
get some run ins. That's what people are commenting. They're like, wait, so people are going to get runs in before their flight? <laughs> people are going to tear their ACL before their flight? So, yeah, I, I might just have to catch a flight to Indianapolis and get some runs in or something because I don't know. That just sounds no, that'd fun. be hilarious. It sounds ridiculous. I don't know why the hell they got a full basketball court in there. That just seems like a recipe for a lot of things, mostly comedy, but yeah. who knows? Who knows? But I don't know. I'd be very interested to see that. But look, um, so Kyle, just want to quickly, just want to quickly tell you. Sure. So it was in 1990. Uh, it looks like the dunk contest participants, Kenny Battle, Rex Chapman, Sean Kemp, Scotty Pippen, Kenny Smith, Billy Thompson, Kenny Walker, and eventual champion Dominique Wilkins. Magic Johnson won All-Star Game MVP, and I believe that would have been Craig Hodges going on his one of his three-peats for three-point shooting. I can check it out. But um, that, that was the weekend in 1990. It's the only one they've ever held in Miami. Yeah, I mean, look, they should... Oh, Mike was in the 93-point contest. Oh, that was the one? That was the one? Uh, that I mean, was the one. Look, it. <laughs> the Super Bowl's kind of figured it out because they, no offense to Brandon Petty, but they had the Super Bowl in Jacksonville one year. And that just, it's a warm weather city, but like, you know, it feels like the Super Bowl should only be in New Orleans, Miami, um, New York, if you got a dome, which they don't. Um, the fuck else? Vegas, obviously now. Dallas, Houston, like that seems like the only place the Super Bowl should be. And they've kind of figured it out. They really do pretty much seem to rotate it between those six. San Francisco, obviously, L.A., they'd have it in. They seem to rotate it, right? That's how the NBA All-Star game needs to be. Uh, Again, these complaints are a little early, (laughs) earlier in the year for you. But it really should only be Miami, the Bay, L.A., Vegas, they've held it in Vegas before. You could hold it in Dallas, Chicago. You could actually do a little more with the NBA because you can do the cold weather cities. Houston. But Houston. They've been had it in Houston. But like there's no reason oh, like the didn't the, mind Orlando. The biggest stretch you could have with these like small ish cities would be somewhere like Orlando. Orlando could do it. Boston could do it. That's mm-hmm. a small city, but like it's got the basketball history and they got real sports fans. So you Indianapolis, that's fine. Like there's some like there's no reason why New York's only had, I think, one in the last 30 years. I think they had it in 98 and they maybe have had two since then. Maybe have had two. I think only uh, one. DC though. I really think only one. Cool too. DC hasn't had one in forever. Philly hasn't had one in forever. Like, I don't understand. it. I really don't understand why they no offense to anybody from Utah. But why did they give Cleveland and Utah one? Like why? Why did Cle- and Cleveland's actually okay? I don't want to say that, but for the seventy fifth anniversary, look at me complaining about shit that doesn't matter. This shit does not matter at all. Like it does not matter. It does not matter. Actually, I see. I think, I think there was correlation because I think the fiftieth anniversary was in Cleveland, and maybe that's why they celebrated it. But again, this doesn't matter. Who cares? It should have been in L. A. or Boston. This hoodie has me hot with all these fucking lights, so I'm sweating. I had to fucking shovel my car out of a snowbank today um, due to the storm. This storm has fucking ruined this show two or three times. So, yeah, I'm just going off on tangents at this point, and it's almost 1230. So, look, I want to talk more football. The weather hasn't really allowed it. 
We will talk tons more football on Thursday. Uh, catch Keenan and myself on live take debating football. We'll be the, excuse me. We will be debating the divisional rounds. Not necessarily debating, but we'll be discussing the divisional rounds this weekend. Catch us Saturday and Sunday, possibly for sure. At least one of those days. Catch us on TikTok, Warner Brothers Podcast. Catch us on YouTube, Warner Brothers Podcast. Catch us on Instagram, Warner Brothers Podcast. We will be back Thursday. We will have a fun show for you. I know Keenan's got more of his lists that bring up a lot Last of Last time I had a I had my quarterback list of the top 14. We've trimmed that down to top eight. And, you know, I was like, you know what? Let me preview it here a little quick. I put top eight quarterbacks, top eight running backs, top eight wide receivers, top eight tight ends, top eight defenses, and top eight teams left in the playoffs because I love to make lists and lists gets people talking. People were up in arms for about a week. I still get comments after a week like, what are we doing? This guy kid never make a list again. Hey. Sorry, making a list again. This is just a fan talking. No, I promise you I do my research, I do my stats, but um yeah, no, I'm excited and I can't wait to show this off. And I know there's a couple rankings on here that I'm gonna have to defend, but Gonna, gonna hey, be a little bit of controversy. The Can't ever wait. the ever polarizing list of Keenan Warner. Uh listen, me and Keenan will be back Thursday. Tim will be back Thursday with us to talk NFL. We might have a guest or two. We don't know yet. We're still working, we're still in the lab, so we'll see. But you will for sure see me, Keenan, and Tim on Thursday. I can't wait. I'm sure on behalf of the public, I'll be debating Keenan on some of these lists. But we'll see. Maybe we'll be in full agreement. Who the hell knows? But Thursday should bring you a connection-free, issue-free show, and uh, you won't want to miss it. So, Keenan, great talking with you. We'll be back Thursday. Let's get out of here before we get cut off again by this goddamn storm. I'm Kyle. Stay safe. This was Keenan. We're out of here. We'll see you all Thursday. Black man.